Hello and welcome to the Monday, November 21st, 2016 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Most operating systems track time as the difference from a certain start date. Now, the most famous one is probably here, Unix, uh, with the January 1st, 1970 start date, but it's far from the only one. Also, the resolution isn't always seconds. It could be milliseconds, microseconds, or tenth of microseconds, all depends. Well, uh, Pascal now has a nice Python script for you that you can use to convert a given timestamp into these different formats. So all you have to do is you run the timestamp that you found through his script and then it gives you a list of all the different operating systems and what time this particular timestamp represents. Of course, if you don't know what operating system the timestamp came from, just by looking at the date, it may give you a decent idea which one is the right one. And starting with OS X El Capitan, Apple introduced a system integrity protection feature that did prevent users even root from modifying certain parts of the system. Now, apparently this feature is turned off on some new MacBooks that were just delivered. These are the brand new ones with the touch bar. Doesn't appear to happen to all of them just to some of them, so appears to be some oversight in loading the operating system. You can easily enable this feature if you would like to. Of course, a lot of people actually got somewhat frustrated with the feature and then disable it. It does provide a nice additional meaningful protection of the core operating system from malicious manipulation. And Microsoft apparently had an interesting vulnerability in its Outlook 365 service that would allow you to spoof Microsoft.com emails. The way this particular vulnerability would be exploited is that you do set up an Outlook.com account and have it forward email to a victim. Then from an external service, you're sending an email to your Outlook.com account, spoofing a Microsoft Microsoft.com email address and then of course your Outlook.com account is just forwarding that email to the victim. Now what happened here first of all Outlook 365 happily accepted the email that came from in this case secure at Microsoft.com or was spoofed to come from that email address and then it forwarded it to the victim after adding a valid DKIM signature that would actually authenticate this email as a valid Microsoft.com email. Essentially what's happening here is that Outlook 365 was set up to digitally sign with DKIM all outgoing address, outgoing email. Microsoft.com was on one of the domains that Outlook.com would sign for, but it wouldn't check if this was an email that it just forwarded that actually came from an external source. Interesting vulnerability and apparently Microsoft has fixed this issue now. 
And of course, DKIM really only verifies that the mail server touching that email was a valid mail server for this domain. It does not validate the authenticity of the actual sender. And then sadly, again, a list of high profile Twitter accounts got compromised. In this case, it was, for example, at PlayStation, at The New Yorker, the Red Cross's Twitter account was also high hijacked here, validated Twitter accounts for the most part. And then, well, all the attacker did was just use it for spam. So a fairly low value attack, which kind of indicates that uh, these accounts probably fell for sort of a run-of-the-mill password brute forcing or uh, something very simple like this, maybe some phishing that was used uh, to retrieve uh, the passwords for these accounts. And on a Friday in testimony in front of the Communications and Technology Subcommittee of the US Congress, Level 3 did state an interesting tidbit that the large denial of service attack against Dyn was actually the result of one mad PlayStation Network player who then went ahead and tried to launch a denial of service against PlayStation, which resulted in the larger outage of Dyn just uh, because Dyn happened to host the domain names associated with uh, this particular part of the PlayStation network that the attacker tried to hit. Haven't really seen the details yet about the statements and what evidence was provided, but overall that sort of matches really what we have seen with this attack, where it did appear somewhat random that Dyne was attacked and there was never a public statement by anybody who claimed responsibility for this attack. Well, uh, that's it for today. Uh, this week, of course, will be a short week here in the US, so we'll only have three podcasts, uh, Thursday being a holiday and Friday being off for most people here as well. So thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.